Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio. What is going on? How's it going? It's good to be back. First, let's address the elephant in the room. Yes, I did not put out a podcast last week. I'm sorry. I was too busy celebrating um, because as we all know, according to Joseph Robinette Biden, the United States is back. It says right here, Joe Biden arrives in the UK in an effort to rally US allies, whatever that means, and began by saying the United States is back. So that's why I couldn't record a podcast last week. I was too busy celebrating because we're back, baby. Yes, 10% of the country doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from. And yes, we can't go to the hospital if something ever happens to us because we'd go bankrupt. And yes, in 100 years, we'll look back on this time and refer to it as the era of modern slavery. But that doesn't matter because we are back. America is number one. We are back to screwing over our fellow countrymen for the sake of profit and only caring about ourselves. Can I get an amen? So yeah, I've I've been celebrating the fact that I live in the greatest country on earth. Um, no, but in all honesty, I it's been a crazy couple of weeks on my end with work. I had a deadline a couple of days ago, and I quite literally had to put my entire life on hold to wrap things up because if I didn't get paid, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills, and then the greatest country on earth would have thrown me in jail. So yeah, I had to work. You know, phone. On do not disturb, 14-hour workdays, all of that fun shit. Um, but I've been working on some really cool shit on the business and on the podcast front. And hopefully, hopefully if everything works out, I'll have a really great special edition episode that'll be going live next week. But that's the future. Uh, we're here now, and that's all that matters. I have returned. People have been texting and DMing me the past few days wondering what's been going on with the podcast, you know, basically begging me to release an episode just because people are so eager to hear my voice. So, you know, that's what I'm doing here. I got to tell you something, though, dude, uh, eating healthy the days leading up to a deadline, fucking impossible. Like, I, I just can't do it. Those last two to three days of the sprint are always filled with chaos, no matter how much you prep for it. You can plan and strategize every single minute, but you might as well take that plan and burn it up those last 48 hours because it doesn't matter. So please, if anyone has any fucking tips on how to do it, on how to keep your life in check during those stressful times, let me know because I am dying to know over here. Um, but see, I think the worst thing about it is I kind of know what I'm supposed to do. Like I know I have to go to the gym and I have to meal prep and you know, I do all of that, but I'm such an asshole that I'll still spend a hundred dollars a week on fast food instead of eating the food that's in my fridge. It's it's really sad. But what do you expect? You start working at seven AM until nine PM and I promise you the last thing you wanna do is go to the gym and then eat chicken and broccoli. That's really not what I wanna do. After designing and coding for 14 hours straight what i really want to do is i want to go to a bar i want to go down to my local pub order myself a nice cold ipa and then another one and then another one and then you see some wings on your table and you're like well those are looking a little lonely so you scoop some of them up and then you enjoy every bite and you drink just because of how fucking stressful the day was you know that's what your soul needs but do you do that? No. Instead, 
you take a hard look at yourself in the mirror, just one long, honest glance at all the flaws you see, and you shame yourself into staying home, drinking water, and going to bed by 9 p.m. You know, you, you tell yourself, listen, listen to me, you sack of shit. Summer is already here, so you need to put the McDonald's down and pick up the unsalted chicken. You look disgusting. And that's how you keep yourself in check. And I know people who are listening to this right now are like, oh my God, does he actually talk to himself like that? And the answer is yes. Yes, I do. I really do. If you guys really knew how I talk to myself on a daily basis, you would be terrified. For example, I stopped biting my nails. Finally, after 24 fucking years of constantly biting at these fucking things, I managed to stop. Just like that. Quite honestly, in the blink of an eye, I finally had my come to Jesus moment. And it was it was really easy, man. I It wasn't even that hard. You know, my entire life I went through this process of like, oh my God, you know, not biting my nails seems like it seems impossible. But I remember just sitting in the car at a red light and I was biting my nails. And this random thought just popped into my head I was as I was gnawing at those fucking things. I just thought to myself, this is fucking disgusting. That's what I that's what I told myself. This is fucking disgusting. Do you ever stop eating? You're literally eating yourself right now. Do you always have to be eating something? Your week is filled with meetings and your hands are going to look disgusting? Do you have do you not have any shame? You're disgusting. And believe it or not, I haven't bitten my nails since. So I guess what I guess what I'm trying to say is that shaming works, folks. Shaming does work. I am pro-shame. I've shamed myself into changing everything I don't like about myself. I really have. Eating healthy, going to the gym, no more biting my nails, laying off the booze. I've shamed myself into doing all of that, and it's worked. So maybe... Maybe we need to take a new approach at how we solve society's problems. I think that's what we need to do because you'd be surprised at how productive and how motivated you could be when you hate yourself. In fact, I think part of the problem as to why our country is in such a shitty state is we stopped shaming people. We stopped making fun of people because we thought that was too mean. We don't we don't bully anymore. We think bullying, that's too barbaric. Instead, we just end people's careers for something they tweeted 15 years ago. That's what we do. We've we've really fucked up. We need shame. No one has shame anymore and everything is fucked. People are shameless about their lack of motivation. They're shameless about how little they try at their job. They don't care that they're in a grocery store without shoes and You know, I've been trying to control my anger lately because it's been brought to my attention that I may or may not just sound a tad bit angry on this podcast. You know, that's what I've been told by a couple of people. And it's like, sorry, you know, sorry I sound angry. But do you know how hard it is to not get angry and annoyed with people in today's climate? It's impossible to not get angry in this fucked up, deregulated, and overpopulated world that we live in. Like, just the... Just the audacity of people nowadays. This past weekend, the sun was finally out after raining for three fucking straight weeks. Finally, 21 days later, 
the overcast weather is gone, you know, the not going outside, that's over. The weather is finally nice. Maybe I'll go down to the pool area, grill a nice steak, maybe some asparagus, watch the game, enjoy myself. So, you know, so I, I go to check if there's people down by the pool and there's like easily 50 people there swimming in the pool, sitting on top of the countertops, using the grills, just completely taking over the area. It it was like a madhouse. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I just won't grill. Some, I just won't grill my steak today. No, no biggie. Someone is throwing a party. I don't want to be an asshole. People want to have fun. Go for it. But then. As I'm looking around, I I saw someone letting five people into the area. And then I realized, oh, the people were coming into the pool area from the street. They didn't even live here. Someone, I'm assuming someone had wedged their way through the fence and just, you know, began letting these people in. I shit you not. So now I have 50 fucking strangers who had the audacity to come into an apartment complex and take it over just making themselves at home and i'm just standing there in shock and i and i turned to the nearest person who was walking by and i i asked them who they knew here i did the whole the whole frat boy trick you know hey who do you know here you know which i get that sounds douchey but it was a it was a valid question who the fuck do you know here and why are you in my home and without missing a beat she says jared who the fuck is jared who the who the fuck is Jared? And so now, now I'm already riled up. And immediately when something like this happens, I just start blaming the corporation. It's a force of habit, but it's a valid way to look at the situations because corporations really are the the ones to blame for every single thing that's bad in this world. I just keep thinking to myself that the reason I even have to deal with these fucking people right now is because that piece of shit Airbnb is letting strangers rent out homes in my neighborhood to these fucking mouth breathers like if this fucking app didn't exist i would never have to be in this situation that's all i keep thinking and again i wouldn't care if it were people who lived here and who wanted to celebrate the first day of good weather go for it go for it have fun i would probably party with them but the level of animal that you have to be to see a nice gated pool area that is clearly not meant for you and then just to take it over completely i i don't even know where to begin you know i try to understand someone and like understand how they can act like that and i can't even begin to wrap my mind around it so jared if you even exist which i hope you do and i hope you're listening to this i want to personally tell you fuck you the audacity and the level of entitlement you have to have to just go to a stranger's house and take over their pool with 40 of your loser friends, you should be ashamed. Who raised you? Why can't why can't you and three or four other friends just go to Dave & Buster's like a normal fucking person? I have Airbnbs all over my neighborhood taking over my pool, fucking just making it theirs. And I know you homeowners out there listening to this, and you're thinking, well, Angel, that's what you get for renting instead of owning. Fuck you. All right. Fuck you. Is there anything worse than the obnoxious homeowner? Just the person who needs to constantly remind you that they own a house. I used to know someone like that. Obviously, I don't fucking talk to them anymore. But I remember this person used to criticize me for paying rent. 
They just had this like mentality that they were somehow smarter than people who were paying rent. I swear to God, I'm not joking. You know, they would literally tell me, oh, you're paying $2,000 for rent. What are you doing? You need to own a home. You're just burning your money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Why did why didn't I think about that? Let me just take my three lifetimes of student debt to the bank and apply to buy a fucking house so I can be tied down to a 30-year mortgage. Let me do that because that's that's such a smart fucking thing to do. Here's the thing. I don't even believe in home ownership. I think it's a fucking scam. No. No. Home ownership isn't a scam. It's how you build good credit. And what do you think credit is? That's a fucking scam too. Home ownership isn't a scam, really? It's the biggest fucking scam. I don't know if you know this, but there's a corporation called BlackRock. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Probably not, and I'm sure that's how they want it to stay. But anyways, they're an asset company, like whatever the fuck that means, that's worth $9 trillion. $9 trillion. And you're probably asking, okay, Angel, and why do I give a fuck? Well, here's the thing. This tiny $9 trillion mom and pop shop has been buying entire suburban communities and then renting them out to people. They're not buying homes individually. They're buying them in mass. This company is outbidding every single potential buyer so that they can own every property in the community, meaning that the people who live there won't own their homes. They'll be renting them from this corporation. It'll be like one giant rental community that's owned by one company, like BlackRock and other corporations like them, because you know good and damn well that they're not the only ones doing this, are starting to own towns. So now, God willing, your entire town can now be owned by Verizon. Wouldn't that be great? To not own a home because some trillion dollar company came and bought the whole fucking town. And now they can decide how to handle your electricity and your water. Now they can decide if your roads need to be repaired to make sure the essential workers are paid. Wouldn't that be amazing? Let's just let's just hope the company doesn't need to make budget cuts though. Let's God forbid the CEO has to cut your power for the month of December so that he can get a Christmas bonus. Let's hope it never comes to that. Do you, do you remember when I said corporations have run out of moral ways to make money? This is what I was talking about. They're just, they're just coming up with new ways to make themselves money, and they don't care if it fucks over the lives of millions of their fellow Americans. These fucking leeches are not only dipping their hand in every industry, they're trying to own every industry. So, yeah, we're just going to basically be living in a town owned by Verizon, and we're not going to own anything. That's just how it is. You people who say socialism is bad because we don't own anything, look where we're headed. We've come full circle. Well, that's just capitalism. It's their money. They can do what they want with it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Why let our... Yeah, you know what? Why let our workers have a home of their own? I know they work for my company 12 to 14 hours a day, and then they get to go home and enjoy what little free time they have. But why would I want that? What, like, they work for me. Their entire life should be about working for me. I mean, I'm just brainstorming here, but why can't I own the home that my workers live in? I don't see the problem with that. It's, 
It's my capitalistic right to go and buy the homes of my workers and force them out of ownership. And look, I know you you need a place to live that's close to work, but here's the thing. My company kind of bought every single home within a 200-mile radius. So if you want to work for my company, you're going to have to live in one of my houses and pay me rent. That's just... That's just how business is done. I don't see the problem with that. I'm actually a nice guy if I do that. Like I'm giving them a job and I'm providing them with a place to live and there won't be any problems. Like I'm not an animal. I'm not a monster unless, of course, they start slacking on the job or talking about forming a union. And if that happens, well, you know, we'll we'll handle it. We'll We'll just banish them from town and throw them out and you know we'll tell them to pick themselves up by their bootstraps that's what they're supposed to do because you're right this home ownership thing it's not a scam home ownership wasn't some capitalistic ponzi scheme that was sold to us to keep us tied to one place it's not some scam that we fell into so we can't leave our fucking small town so we're tied to one job our entire lives It definitely wasn't a tool used to keep you in debt your entire life. You're right. You're right. You know, not not only is home ownership a scam, but it's the strangest concept I've ever heard of. Nothing is more odd than hearing someone say, yeah, I've lived here all my life. Really? You don't think that's odd? You don't think it's weird that you've only lived in one place your entire life? But whatever, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I, I I mean, I don't think I am, but maybe I am. I just, I just think the fact that you have to routinely put yourself into debt and then take yourself out of it in order to have good credit is fucking ridiculous. I remember being at the bank when I was 17 years old, setting up all of my accounts. And she was explaining to me how it all worked, breaking it down for me. And I, I asked her, you know, Okay, so if I don't use my credit card, I'll have good credit. And she kind of chuckled and she said, no, if you don't use it, you'll have no credit. You want good credit. And even at that age, I could clearly see like what a giant fucking Ponzi scheme that was. Like I have to prove to you fucking bankers that I can, that I can successfully put myself into debt and then take myself out of it on a consistent basis? Like, what the fuck is this? Am I trying out for a sports team where I have to prove my talent? And God forbid, God forbid you somehow manage to buy a home and something happens to it. God forbid, God forbid that happens because you know damn well insurance won't cover it. Your house burns down, you go to call insurance, and they tell you, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but your plan only covers house fires that were started on the first floor and the fire that incinerated your home started on the second floor so i'm sorry you're not covered you know but good luck though you know thanks for making those monthly payments all those years we appreciate it um but hey if you somehow get through this and get back on your feet remember to reach out again so we can talk about working together make sure you give us a call because we've also rigged the system to where we can throw you in prison if you don't take our business. So yeah, make sure to give us a call. Thanks. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Look what happened in Katrina. The houses of those poor people were fucking ruined because of that hurricane. 
And when it, when it was all said and done and people started filing claims, the insurance companies just, they just said, hey, we're sorry, but your house, it was destroyed by wind, not water. We only cover water damage. Sorry about that. We can't, we can't back you up on this claim. Like, what the fuck does it matter? It was a hurricane. It's called hurricane insurance for a reason. But, you know, again, there's always a loophole. They're all pieces of shit. Really, I'm. I had to deal with. I had to deal with some insurance bullshit last week. That was fun, you know. I've, I've been trying to get my shit together over here. You know, sleeping, eating better, working out, taking vitamins, and I figure the next step is seeing a doctor. I want to get some blood drawn. You know, a checkup just just to make sure everything is all good. So I set an appointment, and I make sure I talk to the billing department when I call. And I, because I want to make sure that my insurance covers the visit entirely. And so the lady I was talking to was very nice. She said, my insurance will a hundred percent cover my visit. And I'm like, oh, I'm wow. You know, I started having this feeling of hope. You know, it was, it was weird. I started thinking maybe, maybe the insurance companies aren't complete pieces of shit. Maybe I just need to start thinking positive, you know, having these types of positive thoughts. And so the day of my appointment came and about three hours before I decided to call, you know, just to make sure that everything was still covered. And so after about 30 minutes of being on hold, I finally get through to someone and just tell them, hey, my name is Angel. I have an appointment today at this time, yada, yada. I just wanted to double check that my insurance was covering my visit today. And she checks, very nice lady, and says, oh, unfortunately, it's not covered completely. You have a $400 copay for today's visit. And I asked her, what do you mean? The, the last time I called, I was told it was completely covered. And so she said, oh, that's, that's odd. And she told me she'd call the insurance company for me to check it out. That's how nice this lady was, which made it so much harder to be upset. So we get off the phone. She calls the insurance company and she called me back about 20 minutes later and again, very nice, very professional. She says that the insurance company is is only completely covering telehealth visits. Actual in-person doctor's visits are going to require a $400 copay. And I'm like, of course, a fucking course. Of course, these pieces of shit found another fucking loophole that they can jump through to keep making more money. It used to be, yes, your doctor's visits are covered or no, they're not covered. Now, they capitalized on this fucking pandemic. You know, now there's telehealth and in-person. They capitalized on that like crazy and said, oh no, only telehealth is covered now. They discovered a whole new scam they could run and went all fucking in. And if you, know, and if you don't like it, too fucking bad. If you don't like it, you could die on the sidewalk in front of the hospital for all they care. If anything, the insurance companies are hoping you die on the sidewalk so that they can say they only cover deaths that happened in the person's home. So basically, I had this whole plan to get myself healthy, which God forbid, God forbid someone in this country wants to get their health in check. And the insurance companies told me to fuck off. That's basically what happened. And here's the thing. I'm not going to yell at the person on the phone because I know it's not their fault. I know it's not their fault that they work for this piece of shit corporation. They have bills to pay. That's like me getting mad at a McDonald's cashier because they don't serve breakfast all day. You know, in fact, 
I actually respect people more like when they say they work for an insurance company and they have the self-awareness to know that it's all kind of a Ponzi scheme. But anyways, you know, now I'm talking to this lady and I'm fucking fuming, man. And as much as much as I want to yell, I don't. Like I'm such a bitch. I just do the fake polite voice, you know, oh, oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go fuck myself. Have a good day. So really the insurance companies are to blame. And, you know, sometimes I'll just sit back and I'll ask myself, how do the people who run these awful corporations sleep at night? What is wrong with these people? Is there no more honor in this country? The people who make the decisions to cut down the rainforest or to dump oil in the ocean, they're, they're people you know. You know, it's not like this, quote unquote, the man. It's your neighbor. It's the person you went to high school with. It's not some hypothetical character. It's usually the guy at Starbucks in a suit berating the poor barista. Like that's the guy who is causing destruction to life because he wants to buy his wife a new yacht. And here's the thing. Guys like that, that you know, they've always existed. Corporate America has always been a thing. But I think it's just become ingrained into every aspect of our lives. Every single thing is now seen as how can this make me money? Now, everything is fucked. Now you can't even get an education without making some student debt agency richer every single month. That's what it costs to get an education. Industries have been ruined. Degrees have no value. Our government doesn't work. All because there was a select group of people at the top of the food chain in every single industry who said, hey, you know what? We could make a lot of money here if we do things just a little bit differently. It was probably like five or six white dudes all in three-piece suits in a cigar bar somewhere, coat on the rack, drinking a bottle of whiskey that costs more than what my life is worth, smoking a Cuban, probably playing pool. And they're all laughing, having a good fucking time, talking about their child labor camps in Bangladesh. And one of them says, hey, you know, my lawyer said if we raise our market price by just 1% this year, we can double our salary from last year. All we'd have to do is potentially risk the lives of 30 million Americans. That's all we have to do. And they all just kind of, you know, took a second to think it over. And they all just simultaneously said, well, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. And, you know, they just bend the rules to make the system work for them. That's really how it goes, people. Once, once you make it into that cigar bar inner circle, that's when you start doing the shady deals. That's when you start pulling out the hoods and the blood oaths and the Rolexes. And that's what I fucking want. I want my own cigar bar on the 40th floor of some skyscraper so I can do shady deals that are going to make me millions. Because in all honesty, I'm really just trying to cash a check at this point, people. People want power and to run the world. I say no. That sounds awful. Imagine running the world. Imagine not being able to tweet out that you're high at 7 a.m. because it would cause stocks to crash. That sounds fucking miserable. Just give me a bunch of fucking money to throw into crypto so I can live in the Bahamas away from this godforsaken country. It would be great to land some ridiculous Spotify deal and just talk into a microphone a couple hours a week in my mansion on a beach unbothered by anyone. But to each his own, you know, I think, 
You know, I think some people want peace and other people want total control of the world. But I really think people just want to be right, which sounds fucking childish, to be honest. You you want to talk about how exhausting it must be to run the world? Imagine how exhausting it must be to always have to be right, to always have to be right in every single situation. And the worst part about it is that Americans love being right. We can't get enough of it. If we're right about one thing, no matter how big or small it is, we ride that shit until the wheels fall off. And you know for a fact that half of the morons in this country had a field day when those Fauci emails got leaked. The second those emails hit the internet, I had a bunch of idiot friends on the internet bragging about how right they were, like some piece of shit sports fan. Dude, dude, what'd I say? What, did I not call it? Dude, I called it. What'd I say? Now, now I have to listen to a bunch of fucking mouth breathers talk about how they were right about masks, acting like they won the fucking Super Bowl, acting like they just had some giant life accomplishment. But whatever, you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe I do have an anger problem. I don't think so, though. I, I really don't think I'm the problem. I just don't see why people can't do whatever I tell them to do whenever I tell them to do it. I think I've proven myself enough with all of my accomplishments that people should just have to blindly listen to what I say and not question it. I feel like I'm at a stage in my life, professionally speaking, where people need to start respecting me. You know, you see, I run an up-and-coming cult. I run a cult that has a lot of promise in terms of growth, and that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing thinking of things I can say to earn the trust of my followers so that they'll follow me to the literal end of the earth. Because as we all know, the earth is flat. So when people meet with me, they need to know that I'm not fucking around. If you're not talking money, I don't want to talk. That seems to be the wave everyone is riding nowadays, and it seems to be working out so damn well for them, so I might as well try it. I'm trying to get money, son. I want 25 Ethereum tokens in my wallet by 2025. That's what I want. So I guess what I'm trying to say is feel free to donate to this podcast so we can make that dream happen. Anything will help, really. $100, $1,000, an entire Bitcoin, just whatever you can give to help get this off the ground. And by off the ground, I mean the wheels of my private jet as I fly far, far, far away from this place. And if you guys want to stay up to date on what I'm doing, follow me at the Angel Bernard. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your mothers. Play it on the intercom at work. Just get the word out, people. Also, hopefully, I will be releasing a special edition episode next Saturday. There won't be a podcast next Thursday. It's pushed to Saturday. Um, You'll see why. Um, If everything goes according to plan, Next week's episode should be pretty fucking cool. So roll yourself a couple of doobies, maybe invite some friends, and you can all each listen to it individually for the sake of the stream count, and you can enjoy the episode. But if things don't go according to plan for whatever reason, I'll just shoot you. I'll just shoot on Instagram story and let you degenerates know. Until then, I hope you guys have a good week. I hope life doesn't kick you too hard in the balls this weekend. Have a drink for old glasses over here. I'm still not drinking. I'm about to hit week number 10 with no booze. 
So pour a cold one for me. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.